you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we are not making any Jada Pinkett Smith jokes. I'm your Rand MG, Marcus Grant, alongside Michael F. Floria. We got Randy at the controls. Uh, and we finally get a break from news, man. It's been it's been two weeks of nonstop just mind-blowing news, and I think now the uh, the NFL is ready to stop and take a breath. I say that, and I know something's going to happen, but at least for now, it seems like everything's willing to kind of stop and take a breath, which I guess is good. We can kind of like watch some baseball for a little bit. I, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of shocked that the NFL let the Oscars have their day. Like I thought like <laughs> something huge was going to happen at that, and I guess it kind of did, but it wasn't football-related. It was not football-related, right. So like the, you know... That would have been interesting, right? Like, I feel like the uh, the Will Smith, Chris Rock moment would have overshadowed maybe anything the that the, the, the NFL could have done, right? Like, short of what Tom Brady walking slapping on stage and like slapping Aaron Rodgers, Chris, or something right? Like, that. Exactly. <laughs> like uh, I feel like that would have that would have taken over everything. So uh, we found something that that can upstage the NFL. All it takes is, you know, maybe the biggest movie star in the world slapping somebody else. <laughs> slapping another world. very famous person. So, uh, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about something. we got some news to talk about. Uh, there are some still some free agents out there. We can sort of uh, kind of dive into what may happen uh, with some of those guys. Plus, we'll play a round of Hype Train or Smoke Screen. Uh, after the last two weeks of being really heavy shows, uh, this week probably be a bit of a, a shorter show, so hopefully it fits in the course of your commute and you don't have to break it up uh, over a couple of drives. So let's start with some news. The Chiefs making a couple of moves in the last week. They signed Ronald Jones. Uh, they signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh that's obviously in the wake of the Tyreek Hill trade to Miami, which we did get into last week. But let's start with Ronald Jones here, right? Because it, it seemed a foregone conclusion. He wasn't going to come back to Tampa. Um, you know, he and Bruce Arians just never could seem to see eye to eye on things like playing time and ball security and whatever else there in Tampa. So now he goes to Kansas City, uh, where Clyde edwards alaire has been underwhelming to say the least. That's probably putting it mildly. He has not been what we expected him to be. Um, you know, Ronald Jones shows that he can be a lead running back, but maybe not a true workhorse. But my first thought was when I saw this was that I don't know that I want any part of the Kansas City backfield right now with those two guys sitting there. I, I don't know if you found another way to sort of make heads or tails of it, but at the moment, I feel kind of hands off with this thing. 
I'm the exact same way. I, I was excited for CEH when he got drafted. It didn't happen as a rookie. It didn't happen in year two. I, I'm kind of on the, like, he's just a guy at this point, I think. Uh, and, and then Ronald Jones. I mean, we're four years into his career. It, it hasn't happened yet. I, I understand he's shown flashes. And like you said, Bruce Arians kind of hated him. For me, this is a battle of, like, who's... Twitter hive is going to win out because there's definitely a CEH hive and I feel like there's a Ronald Jones one as well. My my approach has either been similar to yours, Marcus, where I'm like, I don't really want either of them or it, it always depends on price. Like if one of them is going significantly cheaper, then that'll probably be the one that I end up drafting more than the other. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably fair. I just I'm curious to see how they they sort of break this thing down um, in terms of of the roles in the backfield. You know, who's going to be the lead guy? Who's going to be the third down back? Who catches the most passes? Uh, I I assume Edward Tiller is going to be the pass catcher. I guess the other part of this though is, um, you know, what about Jarek McKinnon, right? Because he could end up being the fly in the ointment. He's a free agent right now, but there's no you know there's nothing that says he can't come back to Kansas City. Uh, and really kind of really screw this up. Um, I just, I'm trying to look right now and see who, what are the, uh, what are the ADPs? Right now, Ronald Jones has a ninth round ADP. This is on, on Fantasy Football Calculator. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going in the fourth round. Wow. Yeah. Fourth like, round. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> Ronald Jones all day at that discrepancy. And my opinion has been Ronald, look, the one thing Ronald Jones is, bad at is pass protection so my thinking has been ceh is going to get a lot of the third down work a lot of the passing game usage i don't think they're going to fully take him out of the ground game though either so i could see it being like a split on the ground maybe ronald jones gets like 60 percent of the carries to 40 percent but i think the passing game is going to be a lot of ceh so i think this is just going to be and if they sign Jerick McKinnon, it's a hard out for me on all of them. But I think this is going to be a more annoying backfield. Like I think it'll be productive, but week by week, I don't know if there'll be much rhyme or reason. Yeah, I just, like I said, I, I right now I'm sort of feeling hands-off about it. Maybe once we get to August, we'll get a little more clarity. But right now, it just, it just seems kind of like a, a bad situation for fantasy. I'm sure Andy Reid will make it work for the actual Chiefs offense. For us, uh, it just seems like kind of a mess right now. On the other side, MVS uh, now goes to Kansas City. Um, the only real similarities that he has with Tyreek Hill is that MVS is fast. Um, maybe not as fast as Tyreek. Which, side note, I don't know if you saw Tyreek Hill says he wants to race Jalen Waddle. I would pay money to watch this. I would pay money to basically watch Tyreek Hill race anyone. Like pretty much, <laughs> Raheem Mostert's there too. He's very fast. I He's mean, very let's fast. let's have them race. The only like that to me of the Pro Bowl that was the most disappointing thing was Tyreek didn't actually run in his race because right. he's so like I just want to see other people try to run faster than Tyreek Hill. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally down with that. So, uh, but Marcus Valdez Scantling, a guy who can be a field stretcher, can kind of be a deep threat there. Obviously, does not give you. Uh, the same sort of production potential that Tyreek Hill does. Um, I mean, look, I, I know we're not we're not drafting MVS as anything more than you know kind of a depth add. I would think, unless um, unless maybe you feel differently, does does he get a boost in value being with with Patrick Mahomes? Uh, maybe sl like it's not like he is a huge quarterback upgrade. He's coming from <laughs> playing with Aaron Rodgers, and he was on a team that had one clear cut top target. So. I, I we have to stop whenever someone fast ends up on the Chiefs, we have to stop being like, Oh, this guy could do it, Tyreek Hill. Like when Tyreek no. Hill got traded, people were like, Well, Mecole Hardman season with like the eye emoji, and it's like stop. Like <laughs> Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill for a reason. MVS to me though is someone like in early best ball drafts, I like throwing a, a late round flyer on him because I think he could have a couple of big weeks. I, I think it'll be a little bit more unpredictable, so best better for best ball. Um but I don't think they're done. They got two first round picks. They got multiple second round picks. Like I expect them to add at least one, maybe multiple receivers in the draft. And Will Fuller continues to be out there, man. Like, like he could have been the field stretcher for them. You know, I mean, we keep talking about, hey, a fast guy joined the, the Chiefs as though Miko Hardman didn't run a 4-3 you know, at the combine. Um, he is also fast. So uh, speed is not the issue. It's about whether or not a guy can make plays and, and Tyreek Hill can't. And look, I think, I believe Jeff Ratcliffe pointed this out too, that yes, as much as we talk about Hill's speed and, and how he can make big plays, um, 
a lot of his success came with just, you know, after the catch too, just getting him the ball in space, letting him make plays, just kind of getting it. I won't say using him as a gadget guy because that wasn't it, but, um, you know, more as kind of a, a shorter intermediate threat and allowing him to kind of make some plays. Now at the same time, defenses had to play back. They had to respect his speed and that was what opened things up for Travis Kelsey. So then I guess that's the next question. Does Marquez Valdez-Scantling do enough to sort of allow Travis Kelsey to stay in the same role? Does he do enough to help Juju Smith-Schuster be a slot receiver? And I don't, I don't know that that is the case yet. I don't know that defenses have to respect MVS the same way they did Tyreek Hill. And I think that really uh, maybe condenses the field. If I'm a defense, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about Marquez Valdez scaling the same way I was Tyreek Hill, and now it means I can pay more attention to Travis Kelsey. I can pay more attention to Juju Smith-Schuster. This just really changes the way this offense goes next year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think you go from being like we cannot let Tyreek Hill beat us, and to your point, I think Tyreek Hill's speed kind of makes everyone underestimate how good Tyreek Hill is at every other part of being a receiver. Like, he's a great route runner. He can make contested catches. He's awesome all around, but all you ever hear about is his speed. MVS, it's better to have him than to not, because if you didn't have him, now there's it's Mikko Hardman, really, and that's it. But no, no defense is going to fear MVS like they did Tyreek Hill. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if teams start bracketing Travis Kelsey, putting their best defender on Juju, and it's like, okay, Mahomes, go beat us with MVS. Like, we're giving you that one-on-one -on -one shot downfield. Like, it's just completely different than a Tyreek Hill. So, um, I think I think you're right, though. I think the Chiefs are probably not done at wide receiver. I think, you know, I'm curious to see what, what they do in the draft uh, if they go after one of these, these big receivers. And we will start to kind of dive into that as well. Uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, I've been kind of chatting with our pal Matt Okada. I know he has started to dive in and, and do some of his wide receiver evaluation. So uh, very much looking forward uh, to kind of getting him on the show and, and getting his thoughts on some of these guys too and, and seeing if maybe Kansas City can't uh, snag one or two of them. Um, over to New Orleans, where they seem to have their quarterback situation set up. They uh, re-signed Jameis Winston recently. Not a huge surprise there. Uh, but they also bring in Andy Dalton to be their backup quarterback. Now, normally I wouldn't particularly care about Andy Dalton being a backup other than he's just kind of a notable name, except that with him as the quarterback two in New Orleans, head coach Dennis Allen says that Taysom Hill is going to focus on playing tight end, um, which makes him, I believe, if not the highest paid tight end, one of the highest paid tight ends uh, in the NFL. Uh, I guess my first question is, would you draft Taysom Hill as a tight end? No, I, I, I <laughs> think there's too many, and we say this every year, but there's too many like upside tight ends late like that I feel better about, but it, it's hilarious to me that it took one month of Sean Payton being gone, and they have a new backup quarterback in there that they're paying a good amount, like Taysom's now a tight end, everything changed. The only thing I'm hoping for with tight end Taysom is that they just get creative, man. Like, let this guy throw some passes. Like, just just use him like the, the chess piece that he is. Because if you just try to make him a regular tight end, it's I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work either. I do think he has to kind of be more of a gadget guy. But, like, you know, is he... I mean, you know, how was he, is he as, a, as an inline blocker? Can he help in the run game? Or is he going to be, is it going to be that thing where when Taysom Hill steps on the field, you're like, all right, let's watch out for whatever, whatever's going to be coming. Um, yeah, I, it's funny because I think, I think the, the interest in Taysom Hill previously in fantasy was because he had that quarterback potential where he, he could catch the ball, uh, he might run the ball for a touchdown, but he could also you know throw a touchdown potentially. Um, I think Taysom Hill is a straight tight end, has very little interest uh, in fantasy. But the other part of this is, so, so now they seem to have some pieces set. We know Alvin Kamara is there. Uh, we know Jameis is the quarterback. I guess Taysom is the tight end. Michael Thomas is back. I was saying back in January that I was not excited about the Saints offense. Now I feel a little bit better. I don't I don't know if it's gonna necessarily be a juggernaut, but it doesn't look as awful as it did. Losing Teron Armstead is gonna be a big deal. You can't lose a guy like that off your offensive line and not have it impact your team. But at least at the skill position, there seems to kind of be something there. Uh, are you feeling better? about what you're seeing there in New Orleans? Are you feeling better about maybe Alvin Kamara being back 
see in the top five of running backs too. I I kind of feel very similar to how I felt last season. Like I I, I don't have Alvin Kamara in my top five running backs, but I have him in my top ten. So I'll, I'll take him in like the the second half of the first round. Michael Thomas. I mean, in early drafts, this guy you could get him in like the sixth, seventh round. I'm all about taking that shot there. Besides those two, there's nothing really that excites me in this offense. Uh, Jameis is a good real-life quarterback for for Kamara, for Michael Thomas, because we know that he'll lock in on his top guys and and just put the ball there, even if there's not a lot of room. But he doesn't run. He's not going to put up huge passing numbers. So for fantasy, he's not really someone that I'm like super excited to have on my roster. But Michael Thomas, I think, is the big one here because... Does he want to be in New Orleans or not? I I can't figure it out because he said he did, but then like Deshaun Watson signed with the with the Browns and Michael Thomas like immediately was like, "Yeah, I don't blame him." And I'm like, "What? You were the other team that he was considering." Like like that to me is a bad sign. So I I don't know if Thomas is going to be there or not, but I I will say I'm I'm excited for Michael Thomas returning wherever he plays, especially because it feels like People forgot that this guy was not only a wide receiver one, he was the wide receiver one uh, the last time we saw him healthy on the field. I understand that was a couple years ago, but I'm not ready to write Michael Thomas off. So if we're getting a big discount, you could sign me up. I mean, so again, I'm kind of just you know going along in a fantasy football calculator. He's going early fourth round. Now, mind you, I mean, there's still I think a limited number of people drafting, but this is a guy that caught nearly 150 passes uh, a couple of seasons ago back in 2019. Um, you know, I, obviously it was a different offense then. You had uh, Drew Brees as the quarterback, and and you know it was kind of late season, late career Drew, uh, who maybe wasn't as much of a downfield thrower as we saw earlier in his career, but. Um, you know, I, I think if he falls beyond the fourth round, I think fourth round, it makes me a little nervous right now, just cause I don't know what we're getting. But if he, if he falls a little bit, I think I consider that, uh, as you mentioned, Jameis, not really on the radar. Uh, he right now is the quarterback 23 behind Zach Wilson. Um, mm. I yeah. would take him over Wilson. <laughs> I think I take him over Zach Wilson right now, but, uh, he's behind Zach Wilson at the moment. Again, maybe you're just waiting for some other folks to sort of log on and start drafting. I mean, the only the only real question is where people are going to take Alvin Kamara. Uh, I was sort of worried about him. But at least with Jameis there, Michael Thomas back, maybe I'm a little bit more still in uh, on uh, I, on Alvin Kamara. I think his days of top five might be might, – like of him getting drafted top five might be done. But he's still, I would imagine, going to go in the first round. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he falls out of the first round. I just, I don't see that happening at all. Um, in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan says he is, quote, ready for Trey Lance to be the starter sooner rather than later. Um, but at the same time, the Niners say they don't plan to cut Jimmy Garoppolo if they can't figure out a trade situation. It would appear that the, the any potential trade partners are sort of dried up for the moment. It looks like the game of quarterback musical chairs has ended. And uh, at the moment, it's, uh, it's Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield standing without chairs. <laughs> and so uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, with with this news, and, and we'll play Hype Trainer Smokescreen uh, a little bit later on in this show. Um, does this give you any confidence in ranking and or drafting Trey Lance, knowing that, you know, it's, it sounds like the Niners are ready to put him in as their starter. Yeah, it, so... Maybe this is a mistake on my part, but I have never once thought that Jimmy G would be the the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year. Like, even when he had them a play or two away from the Super Bowl, I was like, cool, he's going to win them the Super Bowl and then get traded. That'll be awkward because (laughs) I, I don't see how they can justify benching Trey Lance another season. They... Think like he played one game in 2020 in college because of of the COVID 19, and then he played two games. Uh, he made one half and then played one half and then had one start this year, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. So basically, he has redshirted now two years in a row. And the knock on him coming out of college was, well, he only had one year as a starter. So I don't see how you can justify sitting him another year and then it's like three years in a row this guy hasn't played football and now we're gonna after using the third overall pick and trading up to get that third overall pick to get him like to me it always felt like um 
I, I thought they were going to make the change mid-season this year, but they, they played really well. They went on that run. It always felt like that was it for Jimmy G, at least in my opinion. I don't think he'll be on their roster, even if they can't. I think they're going to find a trade partner. I think someone will get hurt or something like that will happen, and then they'll they'll make a trade that way. But I'm confident in ranking Trey Lance as a QB1 and in drafting him as such. Yeah, I I think what's going to happen is I think we're going to go into camp and they will both be there. Um, but, you know, I think we will inevitably have a quarterback injury because it happens every single year, and that's when the Niners will find a trade partner, somebody willing uh, to kind of take on Garoppolo, um, you know, just because they're going to need the help. I think the way I looked at it with Trey Lance is there were maybe maybe two guys that I think the Niners would have been willing to sit Lance another year for uh, if they somehow would have gotten Aaron Rodgers and, and or if Tom Brady decided he wanted to come back and play for the 49ers. I think those are the only two guys that they would have said, okay, you know what, Trey, you're going to sit another year and wait. Because, uh, as you mentioned, they gave up some assets to move up to get him uh, at number three overall. Um, you know, you only have a limited window on this rookie contract to see what you have with him. And they've already sort of wasted a year of that. I won't say wasted, but they have missed a year of that. Um, you know, I, I, I can't say you wasted a year when you get to the NFC Championship <laughs> game. You know, it's, it's not a wasted year necessarily. But they did lose a year of that. So um, I, I think at some point they're going to have to kind of go with him. It seems like that is going to be the uh, – it seems like that's what the Niners were talking about, what Kyle Shanahan is talking about. And so um, I just – I said it before, and I'm, I'm going to come back to this. I just have this feeling that Trey Lance is going to give, at least fantasy-wise, give us sort of Jalen Hurts vibes where it might not always be pretty. There may be some rough days in there, but somehow you're going to look up and at the end of the day – Trey Lance is going to have 20 points, uh, either because he ran for you know 90 yards and a touchdown, or maybe he had a good day throwing the football. Um, but it, it just sort of feels like that, and so um, I don't know. I, uh, where do you have, like? Where do you have him ranked? Like 10, 11, 12, somewhere uh, around there? Yeah, I believe in my he was about 10 um, okay. for me, and like I had him over like Matt Stafford. I actually had him just ahead of Jalen Hurts because my thinking is. He's a lot like Jalen Hurts, but with better playmakers and a better play caller. So uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because every year Jimmy G is, if he doesn't lead the league, he's top two or three in like most passing yards picked up on the ground because he, he just basically has to dump it off to Debo or Kittle and let those guys do their thing. Trey Lance could do that, and then Trey Lance could also break out a better deep ball than Jimmy G has. So I think the upside, like, I'm not ranking him as it, but I think he, as a first-year starter, would bring top five upside because of what he can do in this offense and with his legs. Does this hurt, say, Debo Samuel at all or Brandon Ayuk at all with a quarterback who, you know, like, or, or any of the Eli Mitchell maybe with, with a quarterback who, uh, instead of, you know, we talked about Matt Ryan, right? When Matt Ryan gets in trouble, he's probably just going to dump it off to the running back because he's not going to—he's not going to make people miss. Trey Lance can do that. Does that hurt some of those guys in, in, in terms of getting some of those short catches? I—I I think it does. Like it's why, but like, see, I'm still ranking Debo with all of the elite receivers. I just have him last of that group. The same thing with George Kittle with the elite tight ends. I have him last because. New play, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. Uh, there's just some unknowns there that I don't think we'll really be able to answer until we see them play. I think Ayuk maybe is the one that I ding the most just because he's not elite um, and he's not going to get like a target share like a Debo Samuel. My my favorite development, though, uh, of the last couple of months, Marcus, is every team thinks they have a Debo on their roster. <laughs> right. And it's like only one team has that guy. The rest of you could try, but you don't have him. Seriously, everybody's out trying to find the next Debo Samuel. It's like, you know, there's kind of really only one. Um, you know, I don't know. Go, You got to figure out something else because uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, there are still a few notable names that are out there still in free agency. Kind of talking about the quarterback. That, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, technically neither one of them is a free agent, but they are both in situations where they're sort of not wanted uh, by their current teams and kind of hanging out in limbo. Um, do you expect one or either of these guys to be starting somewhere else, uh, in week one next year? Yes. I, I think, look, Baker Mayfield, if you're the Browns right now, he kind of has you held hostage because 
you can't pay him $18.5 million to be your backup quarterback after what you're giving <laughs> to Sean Watson. You just can't. So they're going to have to trade him, but other teams know that. So they're not going to take on that full salary. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns pay him like half or even more uh, of his 2022 salary or if they just outright cut him. But I continue to believe that Baker Mayfield will play for the Seattle Seahawks next year. Um, it, it's just the destination that makes the most sense. I, I don't believe in Drew Locke. Um, I, I think Baker Mayfield is better than Drew Locke. And I think this is a Seahawks team that's kind of in limbo. I, I don't think Pete Carroll wants to fully invest in a rebuild. So I think you could like convince yourself that you could win with Baker Mayfield. Um, and Jimmy G's just not going to get traded in division. No. So I think that kind of <laughs> leaves Baker as the only option for Seattle. Um. Could you imagine a competition between Drew Locke and Baker Mayfield where, like, Drew Locke somehow wins out? That would be amazing. It, it would. Drew Locke is more fun, I guess. Like, he's on the sideline <laughs> rapping and stuff. Right. That's cool, but I don't know. They're both quarterbacks that I think are, like, traps. Yeah, I think so. Um, speaking of which, and, and I just this sort of popped up today. I know that the Pete Carroll was quoted as saying, we have no intention of trading DK Metcalf. That had been the rumor. So Pete Carroll saying there's no intention of trading DK Metcalf. And the tweet I saw was just littered with the comments saying basically something to the effect of, Pete said the same thing about Russell Wilson, that we have no intention of trading Russell Wilson, and now Russell's a Bronco. So I feel like if, if they trade DK – just blow up the offense. Like there's no, there's nothing there. I mean, I guess Tyler Lockett's still there, but don't, if don't if, do that if there's Tyler no Lockett, that is sort of unfair, right? <laughs> so, so <laughs> kind of leave him in purgatory there with either Drew Lock or Baker Mayfield or whomever else might be the quarterback there. Um, I mean, that that's an offense I'm all the way out on if DK gets traded. Totally. Yeah, I, I'm already like right now. I don't think I'm gonna have a bunch of of DK. Maybe Lockett if if his ADP takes a, a hit a pretty big one but I, I think DK is such a physical specimen that people are going to easily talk themselves into taking him as like a high-end wide receiver two or something like that and I for me I, I think with Seattle it's kind of the running back and that's it uh yeah and that we're assuming, are we assuming that running back is Rashad Penny this year yeah I I keep thinking that they're gonna cut Chris Carson like I think they have a out after June 1st, and like the way that they're talking about him and, and his recovery, I get it that they love him. He's a Pete Carroll guy, but like this is football. It's a very physical sport, and this is a player that has a very serious neck injury. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen the last of Chris Carson, unfortunately. But yeah, with the money he's owed and them having an out, and the fact that Pete Carroll came out the other day and basically said that Rashad Penny is our starting running back, I uh. To me, right now, all indications point that I don't expect Carson to be there next year. Yeah, um, that that would be unfortunate if this is the last we've seen of him just uh, because of injury. So we'll see. Um, Melvin Gordon, still out there, still a free agent. The chatter has been, it seems like he wants to stay in Denver. Uh, and I think the Broncos kind of want to keep him around there in Denver as well and just sort of run it back with what they had last year. Uh, I know everybody loves Javante Williams. He's kind of a first-round guy. Is he still a first-round guy if Melvin Gordon comes back, though? No. I don't even think there's a chance that he's a first-round guy. Like, I would say he's more of, like, a third- or fourth-round guy, and, and that's still even paying up for his upside. Like, I don't think we would get a, 50, a, a clean, like, 50-50 split like we saw a lot last year, but Melvin Gordon would not go away. Like, he's a, a still a very capable running back. It might be something like 55-45 split or something like that. But the thing that hurt Javante the most is Melvin Gordon is very good near the goal line. And he was the Broncos' preferred choice last year. Javante got plenty of his own looks too. But Melvin Gordon was just the first option out there for them. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot too how it operated last year. Where it's like, this series is a Javante series. Next one is Melvin Gordon. Because we didn't fully see them like splitting time per series it was just like this drive is you next drive is me so I, I think it would hurt Javante Williams and honestly it would probably take me from being very bullish on him to just being out on him because fantasy players don't tend to give up on hype 
even <laughs> if the situation kind of calls for it. Yeah, I think that's the part that's important is that a lot of times like the hype train doesn't slow down once it's rolling and it is uh, it has picked up a lot of steam. So I yeah, I, I am curious to see where uh, Javante's stock will be. I mean, right now he's the uh, he's the very end of the first round. Um, curious to see how far that would fall if and when uh, Melvin Gordon comes back to Denver. Like, would you yeah, take him yeah. second round if it was if Melvin Gordon was there? <sighs> Mid to late second round. I don't think I'd take him early second round. Yeah, I, um, I couldn't. Which, Especially which, if, like, those elite receivers are still there. Right, which sort of hurts my heart because I love Javante. I mean, I'm not the only one, I know. I know I'm in a, a long <laughs> line of people. But I love Javante Williams, so I'd love to see him get that shot to be a workhorse, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um... You mentioned Will Fuller is being out there. He's still available. Uh, I know people are saying he should go to Cleveland now that Deshaun Watson is there and they can sort of recreate that magic. Uh, we're still waiting to see what happens with Odell, although I, I get the feeling it's going to be a while before uh, Odell signs anywhere just because of the knee injury. Um, Julio's still there. Jarvis Landry is still out there. Cole Beasley is still out there. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I'm surprised that some of these names are still there, but I guess I guess teams are kind of waiting uh, till maybe after the draft to, to see what happens with some of these guys. Huh? Yeah, like I keep waiting for Julio Jones to go to the Colts and just team up with Matt Ryan again. But like, <laughs> he's a veteran. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't sign till like the summer because sometimes veterans like that's what I think Gronk is doing. I I know he's uh, the big tight end still out there. Like I think he's just waiting. Because he doesn't want to be doing all these workouts and stuff all summer long. Like the the one to me that is most self inflicted, I think, for still being out there is Jarvis Landry. Because look, I I love Juice. Juice thinks he's worth twenty million a year. I don't think he's yeah. gonna get that money. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it's good to want things, but yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think twenty million is in the cards. Um, I mean, look, man, we're talking about what. Uh, Tyreek Hill getting what thirty million and, and Devontae Adams getting twenty eight. Like, I appreciate you being, uh, you know, betting on yourself, Jarvis. But I, I just don't see that happening. What do you right think, now. like Chase and Jefferson are going to get when they're like oh. 24, 25 signing this extension? I mean, we we may be talking what neighborhood of what thirty three, thirty five million. Maybe? And honestly, they're younger than Hill and Adams. They they would get it. I think. Yeah. Wow. That's gonna be amazing. That'll be interesting to watch. Uh, when Kids, if you're listening, do not play running back. Play wide Don't play receiver. You know, I'd say, like, I, this is my own little side rant, right? Because I am, I, I get frustrated by the whole devaluing of running backs. I understand it. Before you come in my Twitter mentions telling me I don't understand it, I understand why it happens. I know the, the, the analytics and the math and, and everything behind it. But I think the, the unintended consequence of it, is that we don't have nearly as, as many talented guys playing running back. There are some really talented guys playing, but it's just not on the same level that, you know, now when when guys are starting to plan out their futures, I mean, not just talking about peewee football or even high school football, when they're planning their futures, though, um, you're seeing a lot of the most talented, most athletic guys funneled away from the running back position to, you know, wide receiver, quarterback, you know, uh, defensive back even, um, just because running backs don't, they don't have the longevity. They don't get paid the same. So um, I, that's, that's I, I know he's a friend of the show. I, I heard uh, I was listening to Emery Hunt's podcast mm. and uh, he made a great point. He was like, he feels bad for running backs because until they reach the NFL, they are the most important player on their offense. <laughs> yeah. And then they reach the NFL and no one cares about them anymore. No one cares anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very, it is very, very true. And like, you know, they, they take a beating. Everybody recognizes that the, the, the beating, the physical beating that they take uh, and their, their importance to the offense, but then they just kind of become replaceable. So it. Uh, Emery's other point that he made that I thought was a good one was uh, you, you don't need a running back until you do. And I was yep. like, we've, we've seen that a lot. Seen that a lot. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, unless you're the 49ers and you can just plug and play <laughs> with like literally anybody off the street, it seems. And just, it just sort of make it work. Uh, all right. I'm going to take a quick break. Come back. We're going to play some hype train or smoke screen. Also going to talk about overtime rules, which I have a feeling uh, the Bills fan on the show might have an opinion or two on. So uh, we'll hang around for that. Coming up after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your head. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. A uh, few stories that popped up uh, in the news feed over the last few days felt like a good time to play some uh, kind of post-free agency hype train or smoke screen. Uh, the first one in Buffalo, uh, Sean McDermott says he is looking for Josh Allen to run less in 2022. So now, I mean, I guess we can sort of parse what does less mean uh, for a guy who has been his team's kind of maybe best running back, certainly their de facto goal line back over the last few years. Last year, he ran 122 times for 763 yards. He's had 100 or more carries in three straight years. So technically, less could be, you know, he runs like 90 times and only has like 500 yards. Um, should we read into this? I mean, is 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 there hype behind this? Is this a smokescreen? Should should we should we take this into account when we are ranking quarterbacks this year? I I still think Allen will be my quarterback one because his competition for it is like Mahomes and and Herbert, and they're not going to be running. I don't believe for more yards than Allen is, but I do. I would not be surprised if Allen ran less. I don't think you're going to ever fully see that out of his game. Maybe we'll see less design runs, but a huge part of Allen's game is scrambling with the ball, and if he if no one's open, he'll just tuck it and run. I I don't believe that we'll ever see go away because he's so dangerous when he's moving with the ball in his hand. I just think we might see less design runs to uh, to give his body a little bit of a let, let's beating. It's something we see with like Mahomes. <laughs> like Mahomes doesn't run in the regular season, but come the playoffs, he's running whenever he has to. Yeah, I think that's that's probably right. I mean. I, 
I sort of, I sort of thought this was coming. Um, you know, I, I did, uh, if you want to scroll through my, my TikTok account, I did a kind of a pro and con as to why, three reasons why Josh Allen could return, uh, finishes the QB one for a third straight year, three reasons why he couldn't. Um, my face is in it. I'm just letting you know it's goofy. I use like a stuffed Yoda doll and I got Godzilla thing. It's a whole thing. Just go check it out. <laughs> I gotta go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Um, but one of the things I said was that I just don't believe he's going to continue to run the way he has. At some point, you don't want your franchise quarterback taking all of these hits. And so, yes, I think, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, uh, then I think all bets are off. But I do think during the regular season, they may want to rein him in a little bit because the last thing you need if you're the Bills is Josh Allen. And I know he's a big, strong dude, right? But the last thing you need is him taking a shot from somebody and suddenly you're without your quarterback for a month, six weeks, something like that. So uh, I do think that's going to kind of impact his game, but I do think everything else he does, the fact that he still has great touchdown upside on the ground, the fact that he's probably going to throw for, you know, 4,000 yards and throw for 35, maybe close to 40 touchdowns. I think that still keeps him uh, at the top. And, and like you've said before, even if he doesn't finish as the QB one, he gives you the best opportunity to do that. So I think that that sort of keeps him at the uh, the top of the quarterback rank. So um, I think it's true. I think what I think Sean, what Sean McDermott is saying is true, but I still don't think it changes uh, the way quarterbacks are going to be ranked. Um, in Carolina, the Panthers say they plan to add to their quarterback room. Said they haven't received any calls about a possible trade for Sam Darnold. So uh, hype train or smokescreen? Uh, Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback for the Panthers in Week One. I'm going to say smokescreen. If you ask me who it is, I cannot tell you. I, I mean, <laughs> even, like, I think Sam Darnold has to be the favorite because it's just so many other... Like, they could trade for Jimmy G. They could draft Kenny Pickett or any of their... They may have a pick of whichever quarterback they like most, but I don't see how you go into next season with Sam Darnold as, like, your quarterback answer. It Maybe he's the starter week one, and then, like, they transition to whichever quarterback they draft, but... I definitely expect them to either trade for Jimmy G because I think that right now is the most realistic scenario for him or I expect them to draft Pickett, Willis, you know, whichever quarterback they like most that is available to them uh, at pick six. Yeah, it seems like most mock drafts have them taking a quarterback. I've seen Pickett at six. Uh, I've seen one that has them maybe trading down and somehow landing Malik Willis at 13. Uh, although, if you know, if you believe the Willis to the uh, uh, to the Lions at two, then then that's kind of off the board. But the consensus seems to be that Carolina is going to draft a quarterback, and so that that would make it, uh, I think, really awkward for Sam Darnold and really tough for him to be the starter. I think if they were going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, they would have done it by now. Um, that that would have been done. So that one seems like it's sort of off the table, and it's just going to be a question of whether or not. Uh, you know, they, they're able to draft one of these quarterbacks. Now, if if something weird happens and the Panthers don't get one of these top quarterbacks, then I think maybe the, the Garoppolo trade is back in play again. Um, but but I don't I just don't see it happening before before the NFL draft at this point. Um, OK, last one. James Washington, formerly of the Steelers, now of the Dallas Cowboys, says he left, quote, a lot of meat uh, on the bone in Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, Deontay Johnson is there. We know Chase Claypool is there. Juju is now gone. So maybe this opens up a door for uh, James Washington. Or actually, what am I saying? That Amari uh, Cooper is gone. I have my teams <laughs> backwards. Amari Cooper is gone. Uh, we know Michael Gallup is back. C.D. Lamb is still there. Uh, I don't know if there's a door open for James Washington to be on the field. But hype trader smokescreen. Washington is going to be fantasy relevant in 2022. I'm going to say smokescreen because I, I just think that is the most likely outcome. But I will say I always thought James Washington was better than the numbers he put up. Like I, I thought he's fast. He could stretch the field. I did think like, you know, the corpse of Big Ben wasn't the right fit for him at quarterback. And there was a lot of receiver depth there. What I'm thinking is maybe if Michael Gallup isn't uh, ready to start the year or he's not fully healthy, maybe Washington could have a role early on. But I, I would imagine that it gets smaller and smaller as Michael Gallup works his way back. Yeah, I just, you know, 
I feel like he's been in the league for a few years, and it's just one of those situations where I think if he was going to to be a player, it would have happened by now, right? There were opportunities for it to happen. Uh, his best year is his second year, 735 yards. He did have five touchdowns in, in 2020. Um it just never happened. Uh, and I know there was the whole talk about, hey, he was uh, he was teammates with Mason Rudolph or were roommates with Mason Rudolph uh, at Oklahoma State, and that didn't seem to make a whole lot of difference there. Uh, I just I just have a hard time feeling like in year five, it's suddenly going to all come together on a team that already does have some talent uh, at wide receiver. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go smoke screen. I, I think it's, it's nice for him to try to get a new fresh start somewhere. But I just don't think that uh, it, it's going to matter, at least for our fantasy purposes, uh, for James Washington. Um, all right. This is going to be a shorter show today. And uh, sort of. We're still <laughs> sort of. It's definitely shorter than last week or the last two weeks. But before we get out of here, a couple of other kind of, uh, you know, uh, out-of-the-box news stories. Uh, the NFL owners have approved a modified overtime rule. This would apply to just the playoffs, not the regular season. It would ensure that each team gets a possession in the postseason. Obviously, this comes after uh, a lot of people were frustrated by the way the Bills-Chiefs game ended, where it was such an amazing game, uh, and the Bills don't even get to touch the ball in overtime. Uh, I know a lot of people say, well, if they'd have made a stop, then it would have been different, whatever. Either way, uh, it seems like both sides are going to get a shot in the playoffs. Are you cool with this? Does this does this feel like too little too late for Bills fans? How are you feeling about this? Uh, both of those things are true, I think. I'm happy the rule has changed, but definitely too little too late. And my advice would be just make it the Josh Allen rule because, like, this happened a couple years ago to Patrick Mahomes. We didn't change the rule then, but... And every quote I have seen, like, they asked Sean McVay about it, and he was like, yeah, I think Josh Allen should have got a chance to to match that score. And it's like, that's what everyone keeps saying, so just name the rule after him. So my question about this, and, you know, I, I have to look and read more and, and try to find more, what constitutes a possession, right? If, if you know, say I kick off to you at the start of overtime – you take the kickoff, you run it back 10 yards, and then you fumble it, and I pick up, you know, and I, and I recover. Does that count as your possession? Does that I mean you've had so. the ball? So, okay. Uh, I mean, as long as, saw, we're, as, long, as long as we are agreed upon it, that's, that's just kind of what I want to know. <laughs> I, I saw, too, like, if you kick it off to me and then you force a safety, game is over. Because, like, oh. yeah, like, so, so I, I, that was one thing I saw, and I was like, that makes sense. Because, right. why would you give the team that took the safety a chance to get the ball back? Like, that, that doesn't yeah. make sense. So, that's true. Huh. All right. I mean, I do think there are, there's some nuances here that need to be worked Basically, out. Basically, it's the Josh Allen rule. It is the Josh <laughs> Allen rule. Um, so, all right. So, I, I'm sure there will be a lot of nuances to be worked out. Uh, I am certain, I peel back the curtain here. So, every year, uh, the NFL, NFL media has, uh, our talent summit where a lot of the, where all the on-air people that you see, uh, at NFL network and a lot of the producers, a lot of the behind the scenes folks, we get together for two days. We talk about a lot of the things that are going on with the network, a lot of the projects we have coming up. But as part of those two days, uh, one portion of it is devoted to rules changes and the head of officiating comes in. In the past, it was Al Riveron, uh, comes in and explains some of the new rule changes. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and that sort of thing, which by the way, like part of it was, was watching Steve Smith and Al Riveron go head to head on things they disagreed with. It was always the highlight of my year. It was the best rivalry <laughs> in the NFL for a long, long time. Um, but I would assume that we were going to have a whole demonstration about what the new overtime rules are, uh, and how this appeals and how this works and that sort of thing. So I, uh, I look forward to that when that happens in like June or July or August or whenever it is, uh, that should be fun. Um, the other thing that came out the other day, uh, the Detroit Lions are going to be your new Hard Knocks team. Now, this is your preseason Hard Knocks team. Uh, I don't know if they have announced an in-season Hard Knocks team just yet. Uh, but the moment that this was announced, I think everybody was just salivating at the idea of getting endless Dan Campbell quotes. Um, I don't know. Is there anything in particular you are looking forward to seeing with the, uh, the Detroit Lions this offseason? It's Dan Campbell. Like, I want to see his morning routine because <laughs> he's talked about how, like, he'll get, like, a huge coffee and fill it with espresso shots. Like, I just want to see how this guy lives to be <laughs> that ramped up all the time. The thing I'm not looking forward to 
is seeing Jared Goff on Hard Knocks for a third time. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious, but you know, I mean, I just remember before when he was in LA, he had a really huge house on top of a hill with like a putting, like a, a, a putting green, and he could like chip balls from the top of the hill down. Like, I don't know if he'll have that same thing in Detroit. Maybe I don't know. What's the Detroit version of that? Like, he's shooting it over like body shops or something like that. I don't know. I have no, I, I have no idea. I should call I've my friends in Detroit. Detroit so I've, I've never been to Detroit. Detroit. But. I've never been, but uh, I'm curious what, you know, what, what the Jared Goff lifestyle, what, what does a California kid do? I hope he's super in into Eminem all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I could totally see that happening. Um, the other part is there's always a player or two who gets like the hard knocks fantasy bump. Like we see them make like one or two plays on hard knocks. and Everybody's like, yep, I'm in. Um, you know, I think CD lamb sort of got some of that before when it was the Cowboys. Uh, I'm already right now. I'm putting my money on Amon Ra. That it's Amon Ra St. Brown who gets the hard knocks bump this year. Same, because I don't even think it's going to be anything he does on the field per se. I think it's going to we're going to learn about his family and you know like how they got their names. Like that, his dad's name is is nothing similar to his. No, his dad's name is John. His name is John Brown. Like that's yeah, it's it. the most basic name. But then like he named all of his kids after like gods and stuff. And he was a bodybuilder. And Amon Ra has lived in multiple countries and speaks multiple languages. Like I think all of that is going to come to the surface. And he's just going to be like a big winner of this season. Yeah, I mean, he is. Uh, I think he and all his siblings are fluent in German. Um, I know here. I think his dad was French like a... might be the other one. Yeah, I think his dad was like a Mr. Universe or something like that. He was a bodybuilder, a professional bodybuilder. Um, his mom was a was an athlete as well. So they were like uh, basketball players too, I believe. Like yeah, they, yeah, they have <laughs> they, an interesting life. They uh, side note too, like you know, their parents' names are just Brown. They added the Saint Brown for the kids to make it sound more interesting. So and and they're um, like they're all named after like I, I, Egyptian I Egyptian gods and goddesses. Or, yeah, because yeah. you know you've got. You've got Amon Ra, you got Equinemius, uh, you have Osiris. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting family. So hopefully we get to dive into that a little bit uh, on Hard Knocks. So they're like um, the Ball brothers of of the NFL, just with a less obnoxious dad. Right, exactly. You don't see their dad <laughs> anywhere. Um, so that's just kind of the difference. So uh, yeah, so I look forward to seeing when that when that happens when that comes. Uh, you know, and and like I said, somebody will get the Hard Knocks fantasy bump. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Amon Ra, same which. It's just gonna lead to another by It's gonna lead to another round of Twitter arguments because we had that a couple weeks ago. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll see. We'll see if that happens. All right. Uh, I think we've officially made this a shorter show than each of the last two weeks, but not by a whole lot. So we appreciate you hanging in there with us again yet this week. So that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. And we will talk to you next week. Wow. Wow.